This mum's bounce back story starts with a single sentence that brought her world crashing down. Sadly, statistics say that one in two of us will hear the words, it's cancer in our lifetime. But the good news is the world is full of survivors. In today's episode, Emma shares her story of turning a difficult journey of recovery into something very special with surprising gifts along the way. Emma emerged not only as an amazing survivor, full of newfound health and a zest for life, but also became a lawyer-turned-author of a brilliant new book, Take My Hair But Not My Humour, to empower and inspire others and their nearest and dearest facing similar health challenges. Join me as I speak to Emma Davies. Welcome to the Empower podcast for mums in business. We are women building a business we love while making a home for the ones we love more than anything. I'm your host, Nicola Hewlin. Join me as I talk to seemingly ordinary women just like me and you as they share their extraordinary stories and inspirational advice to bounce back even stronger from challenging times and thrive in business, motherhood and life. I am delighted to welcome today's guest to the show, Emma Davies. Hi, Emma. Hi, Nicola. Thank you so much for coming on today to the Bounce Back interview series. Um, You're going to be sharing your bounce back story. I am, and I'm very excited to share that with your listeners. Brilliant. Well, listen, let's just dive straight in there. I always like to hand straight over to our bounce back guests because it's all about our guests sharing their story to help inspire and uplift and give hope and tips and advice to our audience because let's face it we're in 2021 as we record this now there are ongoing challenges around the world it's not an easy time and I am really excited to hear your story of bouncing back from challenge tough times and adversity so over to you what's the bounce back story that you would like to share with our audience today Bounce back story is um, when I was dealt a massive curveball back in 2019 and I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I didn't see that one coming, <laughs> completely oh. blindsided me. So just to give you a little bit of an intro before that happened, um, so 2019, it was the year I was turning 40, I was a mum to two young children, at the time they were five and one. Um, in the January, I had just gone back to work following a lovely period of maternity leave with my second child, Chloe. Um, so I was really ready to get back into it, I was getting my feet under the table. Um, I'm a lawyer by day, um, now an author by night but I'll come on to that later that's something that's come out of my bounce back story um so I'd just gone back to work get, getting back into it using my brain now had the juggle of two children to get to their respective places in the morning um in the April I'd turned 40 so I devised a 40 things at 40 bucket list if you like um loads of things that I wanted to get done going through those and although life was hectic it was good um you know I was getting back into working and juggling everything around and then in June I woke up one morning just happened to stretch um and and yawn and rub and I thought hang on what is that and I found a lump underneath my right breast 
Um, didn't overly worry to start with. I just looked at it and thought, what on earth is that? Got my husband to come and have a look and he didn't like the look of it either. So I'm not one of these people that immediately worry if you find something like that, but I knew that it was important to go and get it checked out. Mm. So I went to the doctor that, that morning, um, Goodness knows how I managed to get an appointment so quickly, but I did. So a couple of hours later, I was showing myself to my GP and she said, oh, we'll send you across to the breast clinic and they have to get you an appointment within two weeks. So it's just the protocol. So I went away, wasn't overly worried. Um, it, it could be anything, couldn't it, at that point? And I'd done a lot of work on my mindset up to that point. So I wasn't someone who would automatically assume the worst. I just knew that I dealt with it. Um, there was something in the pipeline and we were going to go in and get it looked into. So the two weeks passed, just carried on as normal, really. Um, went in for the appointment at the breast unit, breast care unit at the hospital. And that's when things started to change and started to change very quickly. Um, so I went in, the consultant had a look and I'm immediately sent up to have a mammogram. Um, they take that. And then I went in to have um, an ultrasound, a scan. And that's when... Um, person doing the scans that we've found there's something in here there is a lump in there and then he went around he went oh I found another one and by that point I was starting to lose my cool a little bit with the assistant because it was just it was all all of a sudden getting a bit scary and a bit real there wasn't one lump there was two lumps um they they did a biopsy and then I went back downstairs with my husband it was in times when you know it was before COVID so luckily Darren was with me and we went back downstairs and the consultant came in and she said, it's cancer. They, they could tell straight away from what they were looking at that it was cancer. And I I just, oh, it's really weird talking about it now actually, because it, I'm just going back in and visualizing myself in that moment. And it was just like the world, the ground fell away from me. I can't describe the fear. It was just, it was just instant. It was just such a shock. And um, in my job, I'm very calm and collected. And I will, I'm very, you know, pragmatic and, and I will go through and I will look at the evidence and I will look for answers. And I was just firing off all these questions to the consultant and I wasn't even listening to the answers. I was just shaking and um, she, she was um, suggesting things and talking about all sorts of different things, what would happen now. And my response, I, I was just responding, cool, cool, fab. And it was almost like I, I couldn't even find the words to articulate myself. I can't um, begin to describe the, the feelings that I was going through fear um, and so that was the day that I got told I had cancer <laughs> um, just just out of the blue um, goodness me and it was just a, it was just a complete shock an absolute shock You're, you 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 were saying as you were t t arriving at that part in your story that you know you you were feeling it I I'm I'm sure the audience are too just I'm I'm listening to your story. I'm with you. I'm I'm in the room and I'm feeling it. I can't begin. I can't even begin to imagine. It's no, it's, it's just, I, I think that the immediate fear that they took me to a separate room um, because they, I was then to have a follow-up appointment and it was going to be in two weeks time. And I just remember saying, I can't wait, wait two weeks. You've told me I've got this. What am I supposed to do for two weeks? Mm. Um, so they took me to another room and made me a cup of tea with sugar. <laughs> Isn't that, that that's, <laughs> sorts everything, doesn't it? <laughs> Terribly British. Let's have a cup of tea and then, then we'll start sorting things out. Um, and then the assistant went away to see if they could book me in earlier. And they did. I only had to wait five days in the end to come back. Um, so that was that was fantastic. 
But when she left the room, I just remember giving out this gut-wrenching noise. I've, ne I've never known a noise to come out of me like that, and it never has done again since. But it was just, it was the fear. I just immediately thought, that's it, I'm going to die. I, I've got cancer. And that's your immediate thought. I've, you think you know about cancer from what you've heard, but until you get it, that's when you realise actually maybe you don't know a lot at all and I was just I thought oh my god I'm gonna die and I've got a five-year-old and a one-year-old and um I was just so sad I was just I was just filled with oh my goodness I've, I've not spoken like this openly really for a long time so it's weird how revisiting it I'm just coming out <laughs> coming out like this um Comple but I just completely I, normal and understandable yeah, I was I was just so I was so sad for them that I that they might not have their mum <laughs> growing up. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm a 40 year old woman, and the thought of losing my mum makes fills me with sadness. But I was so sad that they might grow up without me, um, and I was I suppose just distraught at the fact that I wouldn't get to be there for them when they were going through all their fests. Um, so it was it was a really really difficult time. Um, but then the the health care assistant came back in and she said we've got you an appointment for the Wednesday so immediately I said oh my god is it because it's worse than what you think I said oh, are you just being efficient and she said no no we're just being efficient so I was like oh thank goodness right okay and then we just left and we and we walked out of that hospital very different to how we walked into there um and then obviously all, all what what flows from that having to tell a few people um and having to go home my mum was with the children um and I, I just couldn't go home at that point I went to my brother's house because I needed to sort myself out before I went home and when I did go home I just walked in I shook my head at my mum and I knew that she would need to go off and, and calm herself but I just wanted to put the children to bed and I just I remember that so vividly um just looking at them thinking oh gosh your little lives are going to change as well now um and put them to bed and then the next couple of days obviously you're in a world of not you know it's, it's all turned upside down you don't really know what's going on but I I had to message a few people because I told certain people that I was going into hospital and then they were in groups of people so by that point I was also feeling a bit defiant and what I what I didn't want to happen is for people to be given some bad news and then not know what words to use to come back to me and then it become awkward and silent and then lose people so I'm quite a jovial jokey person so I sent this text message around saying this is what it is um it's it's completely rubbish but please don't mind your p's and q's don't worry about being sorry or anything like that you know let's just carry on business as usual talk to me like you would normally talk to me um and of course um it, it was a bit stilted to start with but then actually when people realized I just wanted to carry on as normal and go be be the normal silly jokey person that I always am it calmed them down a little bit and um we then got into this pattern and I think jumping forward a little bit I think that's what really helped because the 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 norm was con contained as much as it could be um and then obviously I went back in five days later and I got they, they'd had their team meeting come up with this plan so I had triple negative breast cancer um so it's just one of those random things that who knows why why it's happened but it has and I asked all I went in very prepared for the consultant this time with a massive list of questions and um she she entertained it and she went through it all and I so I came away feeling that I'd asked all the questions it wasn't anything I've done could have changed it's just one of those things and straight away because of the type of cancer I had I was going to start on chemotherapy um so three weeks later that was starting 
<laughs> and in and in the run up to that, I had all sorts of tests, bones, um, scans, various different scans, which thankfully showed that it hadn't gone anywhere else. It hadn't spread. It was contained in the one area. So then I thought, right, I've got a plan now. It's a it's a bloody good plan. Let's just crack on and get the <laughs> get the plan. <laughs> plan into action and having to and having young children as well everybody thought oh how's she going to manage you know how's she going to juggle this but actually I think having the children it made me get up in the morning it made business did go on as usual for a lot of it because I had the kids and I had to carry on yeah. getting, them off, getting them off to where they needed to go um but I was so fortunate in that I worked for a, a fantastic employer who um I just I went on sick leave and um for the first time actually in my life, I was able to truly focus on me um, as well. So looking at silver linings as well and blessings of this, I had time, I had time for myself. I would drop the children off to nursery and school. Um, treatment day would be on a Tuesday. So, so to start off with, I was having chemotherapy every Tuesday for tw uh, 12 weeks, five hours. Um, and actually that evolved into something quite <laughs> A spectacular performance because the first person who came with me was Darren obviously my husband he ought to come on the first outing when I'm having chemotherapy and he came in and we chatted and then obviously my phone is lighting up with all these text messages from people so I, I was sending loads of messages back to all my friends and family and I thought hang on a minute I'm gonna to need to get a PA to manage this in a minute but I was practically telling them all the same thing giving them all the same updates so what I started to do was to train them to wait until a Tuesday so basically after my treatment on a Tuesday I'd send them out a little update so they'd all get it on a Tuesday evening there'd be a flurry of activity on the phone then it would calm down a little bit until the next week and then they so early on I put out a text message to some friends oh would anybody like to come and sit with me so then I had um, people volunteer so my first friend came with me and she brought in lots of little activities to do so in that night's little blog if you like out to my friends I said oh today's chemo sitter was Nicola and we did knitting and all this business um, any takers for next week and I actually put out um, a job ad for chemo sitters <laughs> and straight away I had all my friends come back yeah we'll do it so I booked them all in all the 12 week slots were booked up and each one tried to outdo the one from the week before love it <laughs> So I've, so as the weeks went on in hospital, all these nurses are seeing all these different friends coming in. I even had my friend Paula who um, does gel nails. I had a full gel nail set done whilst I was on the chemo ward. Oh, I've done everything. I had another friend do, we had a game, we did bingo and prizes. My mum came in and she just brought so, she turned up with two bags of stuff. Um, so I just declared her the winner and said, well, no one's going to beat that, are they? <laughs> well done, mum. Um, fantastic. And another, on the last, on the 12th week, a friend brought in, she commissioned this big, massive pink cake with boobs on the top of it um and all these signs saying you know do one cancer and all that and so I shared that amongst all the people on the ward and it was just it it do you know I think into... I've seen that cake yes well it, I, 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 I saw it on Facebook um... <laughs> it's a fabulous cake go and check it out it's probably on my Instagram <laughs> um and it was amazing and I just shared it out with all the people on the ward so every week everyone got to know me it was like this this crazy woman who comes in and has a different person with her each week and um just makes the most of it and it actually turned into happy chemo Tuesday which may sound really bizarre um but having chemo doesn't hurt 
you're in there for five hours and what mum wouldn't want to sit with their mate for five hours have a good catch-up have cups of tea brought to you it was so the actual chemo sessions were fabulous Amazing. Um, and, it, and it was an amazing opportunity now I'm obviously very joking and um, that was amazing and I'm not making light of cancer because it is obviously a very serious business mm. and also as the side effects started to build up over and over the weeks I lost my hair um lots of different side effects put me into a a medically induced menopause so I had all the hot sweats and the symptoms of that as well so they did build up and up and up but I just I it really slowed me down and I started to live life at a much slower pace and day to day rather than rushing and thinking ahead all I had to do when I woke up in the morning was just get the kids to where they needed to be and then think about myself for the day going through treatment and on there were good days and bad days there were days when I didn't feel any different to what I am today and then there were days when I'd feel worse and I just thought well at some point the day will end and then there's another day tomorrow so I just really slowed down a hell of a lot and started living life like that and actually it was it was a nice way (laughs) nice way to be living for a moment in time so it was 12 weeks of chemo weekly Then it changed to another um, cocktail of drugs for um, four sessions every three weeks. And they they took their toll on me. They were they were not nice drugs at all. Um, But as I was going through, there was obviously scans which were showing that the the tumour was shrinking, which was fantastic. And then come the end, I think my last session of chemotherapy was on the 17th of December. So all wrapped up in time for Christmas, as I said to all my friends. Um, and then the latest scan, he said, I can't find anything. Um, Amazing. So, so the, I think because I was so fortunate along the way that I knew that it was working and it was, it was, it was shrinking. Once I got going, I didn't entertain the idea that it wouldn't work. I didn't end. So from that initial day when I described the fear and I thought, my God, that's it. I'm, I'm going to die young um, from this. Once it started going and I could see that it was working, that's when I didn't entertain the idea that that was going to happen. And I think that was another shift in my mindset because I was just focused on like, right, this is rubbish what you're going through, but it's going to sort you out and you just need to get to the end of it. Um, So, yeah, that that took us up to December. I think I had 15 different chemo sitters in the end, um, sending out my cancer comms each week to all my lovely friends and colleagues. And and the love and the outpouring through that period was amazing. You really realise who your tribe is and who you've got around you. I mean, I knew I had amazing different pockets and groups of friends and family, but they all they all came forward and they all stood up because it's shocking for them as well you know to be told someone you love has got this um so it was almost like I wanted to protect them as well um and we we had some laughs along the way and I know that may sound really weird to say but I did a hair sweepstake so we had that so when when it all finally fell out you know we just we just spoke about that it was Halloween and I was completely bold by this point. So I went as Uncle Festa. Um, so each it was each, like each week we had different things, not different themes. And we were just, oh, it was just, it was a fun time and trying to look for the positives in what could be a very scary time. Um, and then in the new year, I had a lumpectomy. I was really fortunate that I um it was a small lumpectomy they only had to take out where the tumor had been and take out a lymph node and then that came back with no evidence of disease detected so that was absolutely that was just another keeping the momentum going yes we've, we've got this we've, we've caught it early enough we're sorting it 
and then I had to have five sessions of radiotherapy and that was in lockdown <laughs> would usually be 15 sessions but because of lockdown they obviously wanted to limit the amount of um, time you were in the hospital so they they had been trialing shorter sessions so it was the same amount of blasting that you would usually get over 15 sessions condensed into five <laughs> um, so that was that was quite tiring um, but on the plus side, it meant when everybody was locked up in their houses, I got to go out and drive around to the hospital um, and the roads were empty. It was amazing. <laughs> the things you have to do to um, get out of the house. But then that was it. That, that was the end of it. There were peaks and troughs, though, in the process. So I would say when, when I was in the chemo, because that was so full on and it was weekly, I just kept going and going and going. And it was more over Christmas when it was all over. And my safety blanket of going in and seeing the nurses each week had been pulled away. And I was kind of, I wasn't having chemo anymore. I'd given all my medical supplies back to the hospital. It gave me time to stop and think. And I just thought, bloody hell, that that was big. That that was a, a close shave. And I think that's when it then really hit me. And I think people probably expect you to be really happy and jovial. You know, you, you, you've done it. You haven't got it there anymore. But actually, that's when I felt a little bit flat, if you like, because I had this time to stop and reflect. And it was like, God, that was big. That was that was really big. So it's, it's still and there, there are still times now. So you hear people talk about cancerversaries and, and just little flashback and reminders. And you think, God, yeah, that was that was a big thing. To have done. Oh, wow. So I feel like I've kind of just gone and got what it all. What an incredible <laughs> story and journey. I mean, I I was getting goosebumps, and I I think it's incredible the way that you approach this. And I love, I you know, I love um, what you share about your cancer comms and the happy chemo Tuesday and all your friends. <laughs> I can just picture it. What an incredible story. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, sadly, in many ways, your story um, around the topic of health is going to resonate with so many of our audience, because, you know, I think the stats are something like incredible, is it like one in two people, I think it was one in four, but one in two, one, one in two people, it is one in two, isn't it, in their lifetime, and it's, 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 well, it blows your staggering. mind. Staggering. It, it, it is mind blowing. Yeah. And, you know, we all at various times have, you know, with COVID going on at the moment, that health is a is a topic mm-hmm. at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And um, and often we know somebody amongst our loved ones and our family and, and friends that, that are experiencing health challenges. So it it's just so relevant and such an important topic and such a powerful story that you share tell us so obviously you're clear now that's the amazing news that you (laughs) shared at the end of your story how how would you say I mean life now how would you say going through you know that that super challenging time how has that changed or influenced, or you touched on the word silver lining earlier, you know, what, what has come out of that experience that is in, in your life today? I, I think it has, it's, it's completely changed me. I've got a completely different view on things now, whereas it's so easy, isn't it, in busy lives to get caught up in the rat run of daily living and put things off and put things off. And everybody says, oh, you should take time and slow down. But then do people actually do it? I don't know. And I think having cancer didn't just slow me down I stopped I had to stop I didn't have a choice and the old me would have got really frustrated um, about that but really 
fortunately, because I'd had some struggles with postnatal anxiety after my first child, Toby, that really knocked me for six as well. I'd done a lot of work on my mindset. So I was, so when cancer came, ironically, physically and mentally, I was in the best shape of my life. And I think that's what really set me up to deal with it in a different way than perhaps I might have dealt with it had that had happened before I addressed my mindset. So I just, I was really conscious of like, right, I can't, I can't change what is happening. This is happening and I can't change it. But what I can do is change how I'm going to react to it. So I wanted to try and keep things really positive, wanted to try and keep things going. But as a result of what has happened, I've got this even greater appreciation of just how precious, and, and that may sound a little bit cliche, but just how precious life is. And no one's got any, there's no guarantees for tomorrow in anybody's life. It could be cancer, COVID, or, you know, you could, you could unfortunately get, walk out in front of a bus tomorrow. You just don't know what's coming, I think, is the message. So it's really made me appreciate the small things. And I used to laugh when my mum would say, oh, she used to love the, the trees and the leaves turning colours in the autumn. And I used to mock her for that. Um, and um, But now I just appreciate how beautiful things are around me. And I just look up more. I used to, if the kids would want me, I'd say, oh, just a minute, I've just got to do this. I've just got to do that. And I just think now there's always going to be dishes and laundry. And yes, I can't put it off forever. But if they, if they got something they want to show me why don't I just go and see what they want to show me instead of doing this menial task or things it's not putting things off and it's also I'm, I'm more open to saying yes to things now equally more open to saying no if I don't want to do it um mm. then I then I won't do it I won't I've, I'm not a people pleaser anymore I won't do it to the detriment of myself my friends and my family but also I'm open to the idea of, of trying things and doing new things um, one of the things that came out of this was I, I was journaling as I went through this whole experience because I've, I've, I love books, I love writing and I've always found journaling very cathartic. So I was writing a journal. Then I was doing my cancer comms that I was telling telling you about and everyone said, oh, you're funny. That's their opinion, not mine. They said, you should write a book. You are funny. And I know what? Bloody hell, I will write a book because I've always, always wanted to write a book. I didn't really, you know, never had the time, didn't know what to write it on. So I have. Um, and I just I was journaling so my, my book that I've now self-published it started off as the journal that was for me I wasn't doing it for anybody else then when my friends came back I kept a note of all the cancer comms loads and loads and loads of messages from friends and family back and forth that's quite a funny story in its own right so I popped all that in there as well um, and by that point it still wasn't an idea of, of an actual book that would go out to everybody to share my story but more of a place of holding my thoughts and share documenting what my friends and family had said and then as it went on I thought hang on this could be really powerful I could do something with this I could share this to other people going through this experience and, and people that are um, helping people go through this experience and that's then when it just snowballed now the old me would have thought oh no this is really personal I can't share stuff like this to everybody um but I just thought no this can help and I just kept going and if someone had said to me sit down and write a hundred thousand words I wouldn't even know where to begin but it's just you just need to start you just need to start somewhere and from that small idea it just snowballed what's and the I'm, name of your book yeah you're I'm holding, holding it up I'm, so. I'm, holding, I'm holding it up now so it's called take my hair but not my humor Oh, uh, one mum's journey, seeing, seeing off breast cancer. 
Um, and it's basically, it's a bit like Bridget Jones's diary. So it's a chronological diary of my journey with cancer. But instead of in her diary, she put about how much units of alcohol she drank and how many cigarettes she'd smoked. I put the cumulative effects of um, side effects of chemo. So it all builds up as it goes along. And then as I get better towards the end, it, it falls away again. And it's just um, from people that have read it, they said it's it's a sad read but also a comical read and it's a real story of just like open friendship so I, I guess coming back to your question what do I feel is important and how I've changed now is I just do more things and I just just get involved and I've got that passion I've always been employed I've never ventured out and done anything on my own and now I've obviously got to file a tax return because I've sold some books and all these things would have just filled me with dread previously and I just think just do it. If you've done cancer, you can do anything. Wow. Um, I love the title of your book. And what an incredible companion guide, not only for people who may be going through cancer or have recently been through cancer or just been diagnosed, but it's interesting what you said about helping the helpers as well, because it's yeah. not always easy for the people who want to support, not sure how to, um, that, that can be tricky for them too. And that's, yeah, and that and that's exactly it. And it's, it's and it could relate to, it's, it's not even, yes, it specifically talks about cancer, but it could be anything. It could be any mm. big event that you're going through in your life. And actually I was working, my fabulous, I self-published, but my fabulous editor, Jen, uh, when I sent the book across to her, um, who was deciding who I was gonna work with, her mum sadly passed away due to cancer. And she she said to me I wish I'd have had this when I was Aww. going through this with my mum and straight away I knew that I had to work with Jen and that we were going to be a formidable team in getting this um out there to everybody and it just felt so right working with her um because it was both of us on both sides you know two sides of the coin um incredible so that's that's why it's been an, an amazing experience incredible so for for all our listeners out there what 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 would be your number one piece of advice having been through what you've been through for people that are going through adversity and I'm not necessarily talking about uh, cancer per se or even health issues per se but just some equivalent you know life rocking period of our adversity or just tough times when we're in the thick of it we don't know how long it's going to last what would your number one piece of advice be it's got to be just live in the moment. They take each day at a time. Don't don't worry about what's been. You can't change that. That's gone. Don't worry about what's coming up or what might come up because one, it might not happen. And then so you're wasting your time worrying about it. But then if it is going to happen, then worrying isn't going to solve it either. And I know it's all maybe all too easy to say, oh, don't worry about what's coming up. But the only time that you can really deal with is right now, what's happening right now. So now, I'm not thinking about the homeschooling that's gone on this morning or the work that I've got to do for the rest of the day, because right now I'm really enjoying myself talking to you and getting this message out to your listeners. Um, so I'll think about all the other stuff that's going to come in in the moment. So whatever's go whatever you're going through right now, it's going to pass at some point. We don't know when it's going to pass. And, and actually at, at the moment, talking to you, we're all in the middle of a worldwide worldwide pandemic who knows when that's going to come to an end and don't get me wrong I don't sit here every day joking laughing and um, I have my grumpy days as well and sometimes I'm just fed up to the back teeth um, with this pandemic but I just try and take it each day at a time and just look at the positives 
one of the things I also did going through treatment was at the end of each day, I tried to write down three things that were positive that had happened that day. And actually, even if you're going through chemo treatment and you're having a really rough day, I could still find at least three things to write down. And it could be really small things, just getting up and getting dressed. That was that quite often featured on there. So it doesn't have to be grand gestures of like, yes, I've run 5K today or anything like that the smallest of things because I think it's so easy to dwell on negative and negativity so true um and sometimes you might not necessarily remember the positive things that have happened you'll you'll remember the negative more than than the positive but if you've got it written down there it doesn't even have to be a flashy journal sometimes I had exercise books they weren't the best but it's just documented so you can see actually that day wasn't a write-off because I I did do this today or even if it isn't three things there'll be there'll be something journaling we've touched on journaling quite a bit in this conversation today haven't we and it's so powerful yeah. I do um free writing morning pages is um Julia Cameron the artist way I started that when I was writing my my first book I'm working on my second and I started using journaling and I share it as a tool in a lot of um the programs and with my clients it's just so powerful and if you haven't got time or you're just fairly new to journaling and free writing, which is just so powerful for really connecting to our kind of heart voice, you know, tuning out the chimp a little bit um, and even our rational mind and just hearing those softer whispers of our deeper inner wisdom and all that amazing stuff. And it's incredible what comes out of it. Um, I'm running a, I'm running a challenge at the moment. There's 117 ladies and I get them to journal on day one and the feedback of how I've I've never journaled before or I've always kind of resisted it or I didn't think I'd have anything to say and all going I couldn't stop writing I I just couldn't stop there's so much came out of it and that gratitude that you mentioned is so it can be as simple as writing down three bullet points at the end of the day it really can so powerful some people if even if you're time poor you could write down three three words yeah um and And, and you can also use it if, if you've got lots going on in your head and it's getting all a bit muddled. I can't process things if it's in my head. I have to spew it out onto the paper and then I can look at it and think, oh, well, you know, cross them off and, and process things. So I, the power of journaling or just or just writing, not yes, a label write. on it, journaling, yes. just, just writing, Absolutely. get it out of your head onto paper. And then you could have some ceremonial burning if you wanted to, to get rid of it and let, let all the bad things go or yeah. so many things you can do with it. Definitely. And just in case anybody's wondering and wants to have a go. So my advice is do three pages. That's the morning pages approach. Preferably do it in the morning before the chimp in our heads has had too much time to wake up and start worrying about all the things we've got to do that day. And um, just write what you hear. So if you start off hearing, oh, don't know what to write right I don't know what to write oh mm-hmm. this is ridiculous this is ridiculous it is literally stream of consciousness to begin with yeah. and and then these magical words start to appear so I don't know if this ever happened to you sometimes look back and go where did that come from yeah who wrote that that's incredible once, once you get in the flow yeah. think things will things will start to come out of you yeah you didn't even know we're in there perhaps <laughs> yeah amazing I love that and one of the things that I will be writing down jotting down in my gratitude list this evening is our time together today and you coming on and sharing your story you're such an inspiration and it's such a you know a joy to 
the audience will be tuning into this, but as a host, it was just so lovely to uh, be part of your your story today. Thank you so much for giving up your time and coming on to inspire and uplift and give hope and your key advice to others who may be going through a tough time. And let's face it, it's probably a fairly high percentage, it's higher than a usual high proportion. Right yeah. <laughs> Listen, before we wrap up, I always like to ask my guests before they go to leave our audience with a bounce back challenge. Now that is either a question you'd like to leave them with to reflect on or a kind of challenge that you want to set them as part of their own bouncing back, bouncing back even stronger, dare I say, from tough times. I think I think it's more of, of, of a question. So it really goes back to remembering why you're doing it, why you're doing what you're doing and keep visualing visualizing the outcome um going through cancer visualizing the outcome I'm going to be well and then keep working towards it writing the book I'm going to publish this book is what you've always wanted to do I don't necessarily know how I'm going to get to the outcome but just taking continuous steps every day so thinking about why you're doing it and visualizing what you want and just keep taking action because then each day one step at a time you will get further and you'll be further along than you were the day before Brilliant, brilliant. Very simple but powerful question and fab advice. Emma, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I've, I've, I've really loved doing it. So I'm going to be writing this down on my, <laughs> one of my three things that I had a bit of time for me today. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again. And it just remains for me to say to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode with Emma. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Empower podcast for mums in business. And thanks goes to our podcast series sponsors, Bounce Life, insurance to protect you, your business and your family. To get your free startup and business growth kickstart guide and to find out about our Empower community, go to empower.global.